Amen. All right. Well, thank you very much. And uh, let's continue our study in James. Finish up chapter one tonight. James, the book of James, chapter one. James, chapter one. All right. And we'll read verses 26 and 27, just verses 26 and 27. James chapter 1, verses 26 and 27 say this in the Word of God. If any among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Let's pray again, please. Heavenly Father, again, we come before you through the blood and name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you again, uh, dear God, that we can come together and we can gather around the throne of God and gather around uh, the word of God. And uh, Lord, uh, learn uh, more from thee. Lord, we thank you for these songs to encourage our heart. And I think about that first song about, uh, Lord, just to get us uh, realigned and refocused on the Lord Jesus Christ, get us realigned and refocused on the things that really uh, matter in life. Lord, it's so easy to uh, get sidetracked and get caught up in uh, uh, these things. And Lord, I'm glad that you're there for us and we can be there, uh, Lord, for one another. We think about these uh, uh, spiritual requests. So we think of, sister again, Sister Meyer's brother and Brother Wood's loved ones. We think of uh, 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 others, God. We all have somebody, dear God, that we know or in our family that for whatever reason at this uh, point in their life, they haven't been saved. And so, Lord, take the word of God that's been sowed in their heart and use it to convict and open their heart and draw them unto thee. Even if there's somebody here tonight or somebody listening, even here that's not saved, God, work in that heart. Lord, we thank you for our faithful missionaries that we're able to support and pray for. Lord, we thank you for these missionaries that are here tonight, God. Meet their needs and bless their ministry. And Lord, uh, just uh, uh, Lord, work in their life. And uh, thank you, Lord, again for their faithfulness. And so, Lord, again, we uh, thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, you know, we uh, finished up chapter one. Now, in this uh, chapter, as we went through it, you saw the word, you might notice, uh, you know, we always look for repetitive words. Well, one of those repetitive words in this chapter was perfect. Perfect. Uh, something we'd all like to be, but uh, we're not there yet. At least I'm not. Amen. Uh, but that word perfect is uh, used a few times in this chapter. In verse four, you see about the perfect work. The perfect work. In verse 17, you saw about the perfect gift. And then last week, we saw in verse 25, the perfect law. It said the perfect law of liberty. So you had the perfect work, the perfect gift, the perfect law. And of course, uh, God has a perfect work that he wants to accomplish. He has a perfect work that he wants to accomplish in your life. And so God's perfect work is the work that he does in our life to help us grow and mature spiritually. That is what he wants to do. And then God's perfect gift. Well, one of his perfect gifts is his goodness. Amen. God is good and his goodness toward us and his goodness toward us to help us in times of testing, right? To give us what we need and to carry us through those times of life. And then, of course, God's perfect law we looked at, which, of course, was a reference to the word of God. And, of course, he gave us his, his uh, perfect word, his perfect law to strengthen us and sustain us as we try to make it, amen, uh, through this life until, thank God, one day we're going to blow this popcorn stand, amen. 
get out of here. But till then, amen, we must march on, march on as servants of the cross. But thank God he gave us some things to help us, amen, in our life. That perfect work, perfect gift, perfect law. And our desire is to glorify God. And of course, what is one of the things that glorifies God uh, in and through our life? Well, amen, is a faith, right? It's li our life's all about faith. And of course, a faith that worketh by love. And of course, because a faith that worketh by love does what? Well, one, it purifies our heart as it works in and through our heart. And of course, uh, we're fighting that old man and that faith that worketh by love. Amen. Not only does it help our heart, but it helps uh, 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 subdue the uh, carnal lust uh, of the old man and helps us obey God's commands. Again, last week, uh, we talked about, uh, again, not just being hearers of the word, amen, uh, uh, but doers of the word. That's what we want to be. We want to be doers of the word. We want to be uh, Christians of action, right? The acts of the apostles. But again, what were the acts of the apostles? They were the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. And so the Holy Spirit is still uh, uh, a man. God is the God of action, and we want to be people of action. So the best way is let the God of action, amen, be active in and through our life that we might be doers of the word, which, of course, goes on to doers of the work, right? <laughs> There's a labor. There's a labor involved. But the Bible talks about a labor of love. That's what it should be, amen? As we serve the Lord, it should be a labor of love. So, and then we look at these two verses, and these verses gives us some more guidance, amen, on how to be doers of the word and how to be doers of the work and how to put the word into action and be the testimony in this life and in this world, in this present evil world that God has called us to be. Because as we, as we see in the word of God, there's to be a true connection between the inner man. Remember, when we got saved, God created that new man. And like it says, that new man created after righteousness and true holiness, right? You know, religion tries to obtain holiness, right? That's what they tell you. But hey, uh, uh, we have a, a, a new man that was created in righteousness and true holiness. It's, all, it's already there. We just need to let it be shown in and, in and through our life. So we need to make sure that there's a true connection between the inner man and how we live, and that it's, it's visible, right? The Christian life should be visible in our public life. You know, a lot of times, uh, you know, people use uh, that word, you know, they, sometimes they use it as an excuse. Well, God uh, looketh on the heart. Man looketh on the outward appearance. God looketh on the heart. Well, yeah, but there's different ways you can look at that. Now, we know in, in, in the, the context there that God was telling Samuel, hey, don't, don't just look at their stature. Remind me, you saw Dave's big brother, you know, don't just look at their stature. It's about the heart, right? David didn't have that, that physical stature, but he had the spiritual stature. We understand that. But there is a point to be said about man looking on the outward part. So all man can see, right? He can't see our heart, but just the fact that it's there, he can only see what's in our heart by what he sees outwardly. Right. And so we got to let him see outwardly. We got to let what God put in our heart be seen outwardly to say, hey, look, there is a change in my life. There is a difference in being a Christian. And once you get saved, so we should be able to view evidence in a person's public life. Right. That reveal who they truly are or what they truly are. And of course, we want to be we want to be uh, real as Christians. And so just a thought here, uh, you know, we don't want to be hypocrites, but the first hypocrisy, I guess, 
we are to deal with is the hypocrisy we find in our own lives. We don't want to be hypocrites and say, God, say, God, you're real. Your word is real. And I want to be real. I want to be real. So we must ask. Don't be afraid to ask the Holy Spirit, amen, to reveal to you, to reveal to us areas where maybe we need some cleansing and correcting uh, in our life, right? Hey, uh, listen, if I, if I need to be corrected or something, hey, I want the Holy Spirit. I, again, I've said, I've said it before, I say it again. I thank God in my Christian life for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit of God in my life, for the convicting power of the Word of God. I look at people and I say, man, I don't know how they, they claim to be saved and get away with that. Man, uh, uh, God never let me get away with that. Man, I, I do. I, 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 I lean to the right hand, so to speak. And man, it's like the Lord's, you know, uh, right there. But hey, that's that's what I want. Amen. I mean, hey, uh, your, your your kids. Uh, uh, when you correct your kids, you don't wait till they get out in the middle of traffic before you say, "Hey, get back over here." As soon as you see them start to step off the curb, you pull them back. Right? You don't want to wait till they're they're in the uh, uh, the middle. Well, maybe it depends how they're acting that day. No, just joking. Right? <laughs> uh, but no, as soon as you see them step on the curb, you want to pull them back. Right? I don't want. I want spiritually. I don't want God to wait till I'm out in the middle of, tra- middle of traffic and say, "Hey, stupid, get out of there." No. Uh, as soon as he sees me start to step off the curb, I want him to yank me back. Amen. Through the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. So in these verses, uh, God gives us some test, if you will, uh, to let us see what kind of Christian we really are, what kind of Christian we really are. So look at again, verse 26 says this, if any man among you seem to be religious and notice the statement and bridleth not his tongue and bridleth not his tongue. So the first one we see is what we might call uh, the speech test. Notice that it says seem to be religious. The word seem means to appear or consider themselves as such. Hey, if there's somebody out there and they, 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 they think they're religious or they think they have this relationship with God, well, hey, let's put it to the test. Amen? Hey, uh, uh, I, I'm not afraid for somebody to, uh, to put my salvation to the test. Amen? I think it's real. Well, one test is the way he talks, his speech, his, uh, his, uh, his attitude. That'll tell you a lot about that. Religious. Now, the word religious here means to be a diligent performer of outward duties. In other words, he doesn't have a real uh, heart for God, but he's diligent in his outward duties of religion. You know, in other words, there's in his life, there's more on the outside than there is on the inside. The outside. Now, what it should be, as we'll see, what's on the outside should be an overflow or, right, or an extension of what is on the inside, if you really have it. But if not, if you're just a, you know, a religious, right, then there'll be more on the outside than the inside. You know, Paul was an example of that before he got saved. Uh, uh, Acts 26, 5, it says this, uh, Paul says this about himself. <laughs> he talks about those that, you know, he's up giving his testimony. He says, and about those sort of standing around that knew him before he got saved, he says, those which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify that after the most straightest sect of our religion, look, I lived a Pharisee. He said, man, hey, listen, 
They know, man, I followed the rules, right? I was uh, religious, right? I followed the strictest rules of my, uh, of, of being a Pharisee. I mean, if, if there was something to check off, man, I checked it off. Amen. I even made up a few things just to make sure. Amen. Uh, I had that list and every day I got up and check, check, check. Right. Well, you know, uh, uh, that he, he, he was proud of that before he got saved. Of course, we know he counted all his uh, uh, dung later but before he got saved. Hey, he was proud that he could check those things off every day. But you know what? Uh, uh, I, 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 I know many independent Baptists like that. You know, uh, they, they made their little checklist. Right. And boy, they, they get up every day and they, they, they go over their checklist and they say, well, I can check these things and I'm a pretty good guy. Now, remember, the law was a standard. We've talked about this before when we say Galatians. The law was a standard, not a system. Right? The law was a standard. And you know what? It's still God's standard. We know we're not under the law, <laughs> but we still get measured up against it in one sense. That is God's standard in many things. And many believers today, you know what? They've made standards a system. Hey, I believe in having standards. The Bible teaches those. But you know what? They've taken a step further and made that a system that they, they, they check off uh, there. So listen, thank God, though, we as true believers, we don't have a religion. What do we have? We have a relationship. I tell people all the time when I give my testimony, man, I don't I don't I don't I don't have a knowledge that was pumped into my head. I have a transformation that took place in my heart through the power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It didn't go from knowledge from here to here, so to speak. It went from here uh, uh, to here and to here and to here. Amen. Through my through my life. So we see one test is the uh, the speech test. And notice again what it says in verse 26. If he seems to be religious. Right. If any man seem to be religious, look at this and bridleth not his tongue. The Bible uh, says a lot about the tongue. Of course, James three, when we get in there, we'll talk more about the tongue. But just to give you a couple verses from James three, say this. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, see word, in the way he talks, in his attitude, the same as a perfect man and able to bridle, notice that word again, the whole body. <laughs> see, uh, uh, how, how it's supposed to work, you know, it, it, be, it starts in the heart, it goes to the mouth, and then it gets into the body. So if it's the right thing coming out of your heart, then it'll be the right thing coming out of your mouth, and there'll be the right thing being seen through your body, through your actions, through the way you live your life. But hey, if the wrong thing's coming out of your heart, then the wrong thing's gonna come out of your mouth, then the wrong thing's gonna be coming out of your actions. But it says, hey, we're to bridle, bridleth not his tongue. Well, most people know what a, what a, what a bridle is. You know, they, we, we, think of a, we think of a horse, it means to restrain, to govern, to control. Boy, that's a, that, that, that mouth sometimes is a hard thing to restrain, to govern, and control. And so the, the, the Word of God teaches us when our mouth and attitude are not under control, when our mouth and attitude are not in control, and that's an overflow of the heart, then what does that show? That shows that our heart isn't under control. Our heart isn't under the control of the Holy Spirit. Our heart isn't under the control of the Word of God. You see? So why isn't my mouth under control? Because my heart isn't under control of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. 
Matthew 12, 36 says this, but I send you that every idle word that men shall speak. Boy, uh, uh, remember that the next time you want to pass on some gossip or something like that. Every idle word that men shall speak and women. Don't think you're getting off here. Right? It means mankind here, okay? Don't think you're getting off. That men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. So we, th- this should be our prayer, like the psalmist. You know, uh, I, I try to include this in, I, 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 as far as I know, almost every morning when I pray, I try to include this verse. I, I, I quote this verse in my prayer. Uh, uh, try to every morning, Psalm 19, verse 14. Anybody know that? Psalm 19, verse 14. Anybody know that one? You'll know it as soon as I say it, right? Let what? Let the words and right. I knew you knew it. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Well, the words of my mouth will come what? From whatever my heart is meditating on. Amen. So be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. Amen. He's watching. He's the faithful witness. He's the faithful witness to what you do right and what you do wrong. So that the words of my mouth and the meditation, Lord, I, when I walk out this door today, I want them to see that what is in my heart is real. And the only way for them to, to see that is through not just my actions, but my reactions. What do we see all the time? What's harder than acting like a Christian? Reacting like a Christian, right? So let them see through my actions, my reactions. Let them see through my words. Let them, let, let them see uh, through the way that I'm always uh, uh, quick to get up and help or, or quick to respond to this or that. Lord, let them see that, that you're real. Amen. I want them to know that you're real. And the only way they can see that is by seeing what you did in me is real. So, I mean, if you if you go into work and you say something, you run about being a Christian. Listen, you better you better back it up because they're watching. You know, uh, you know, when I, I got saved in the military, people say, man, it must be hard being a Christian in the military. I said, no, actually, it was harder being a Christian on the mission field than it was in the military. You say, Really? I said, yes. I said, because when I got up in the military, every day I walked in those barracks, I knew I knew I had a bunch of crazy infantry soldiers watching me, just waiting for me uh, uh, to mess up, just waiting for me to do something. So you know what? I had that outward pressure that drove me to my knees. But when I got to the mission field, nobody knew who I was. Hey, listen, I, 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 I could have went to the local bar. Nobody had done know nothing. I could have done this and that. Nobody knew who I was. So you know what? There, there wasn't really an outward pressure because nobody knew who I was. So there had to be an inward pressure, an inward pressure, a, a, a true love for God, a true desire to be a witness for God, a true desire to reach those around me. You see, there had to be that inward pressure. And it's a lot easier to surrender to an outward uh, 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 pressure than it is an inward pressure. Hey, now listen, uh, I don't want to get sidetracked, but you men know how that is because listen, if you, if it was easy to give into inward pressures, man, you'd take the trash out before you got that outward pressure from your wife, just as an example, 
right? So you didn't give in to the inward pressure, so now you got to give in to the outward pressure, right? But amen, it, it, the trash got taken out. That's what's important. But listen, and so you got we want to have that inward pressure. So Lord, uh, uh, when I go in there today, Lord, I don't want just to give in because there's an outward pressure. I want to give in because there's an inward pressure in my love for you and my desire to be a witness for you and let people see that what I have is real. You see, so the words in my mouth, every idle word, if our speech betrays what we claim to be, then it is evidence that we are not the type of Christian we claim to be. God's word makes the connection between, again, between our heart and our mouth. What does, think about this, what does your speech indicate about your Christian life? What does your speech indicate about your Christian life? Well, the Bible says, hey, again, James 1.26, if any man among you seem to be religious, but brieth not his tongue, well, what does it say about that? He deceiveth his own heart. Hey, uh, uh, you, you, you're not what you think you are, brother. You're not what you think you are, sister, according to the word of God, but deceiveth those hearts. This man religion is what? It's vain. It's vain. It says he deceiveth himself. That means mislead, to, to, to lead to error, deceived like Paul was before his conversion. He was deceived, right? He was deceived by his, 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 his uh, uh, religion, vain, empty, nothing real. Listen, uh, listen, I, I, I don't, I, I don't want to, I, I, I want my labor, amen, not to be in vain. Listen, I want people to know, say, God, I again, I want people to know that what I have is real because that's the only way they can know that you're real. And the things I'm saying about you is real if they see, amen, uh, what comes out of my heart and what comes out of my actions and reactions and the way I conduct myself. Lord, help them to see that what I have is real. So we see, uh, moving on quickly, we see the speech test, which goes right into verse 27, the service test. Look at this, verse 27. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. Aren't you glad he tells what? To visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, to keep himself unspotted from the world. Listen, we, we, the first one talked about uh, talking. Now it's talking about those uh actions and service. We can, we can talk the right talk, but not walk the right walk. Amen. We want our talk and our walk to be lined up. And then people will know that we have pure, that is clean, unsoiled in a spiritual sense. Amen. Uh, 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 religion, the right kind. And what is that? To visit to visit, that means uh, to care for. The thought of that statement to visit here is suggest a sacrificial care for those who are in need, a sacrificial care for those in need. You know, and I thought about that, you know, and I, 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 I'm glad I, I can say, and I believe this, I think our church does a good job in this area for which I'm thankful. Every, at least uh, since I've been here, every time uh, somebody's had uh, a need, as, as far as I, I know, I mean, I mean, you know, may not have got it perfect every time, that we've been there. Uh, when, we had, when we had seniors that have passed on now, the last uh, years of their life, when they re reach a certain stage, we tried to be there for them. We said, hey, we, uh, the, the statement, amen, uh, they were faithful to the church all those years. Now they've reached this stage. It's time for the church to be faithful to them. <laughs> 
in these years. That is what the Bible teaches. And I'm glad I, I can look and I, and I think about uh, 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 people and I said, we were there for them, we were there for them, we were there for them. And so we did uh, what the Bible taught us to do, amen, to visit and to care for uh, these in that situation. But here specifically, it means the fatherless and uh, the widows. We need to, we need to care uh, for those people that are among us. You know, uh, we have we have widows. You know, I think of, we were talking about our missionaries, uh, Sister Diane. You know, unfortunately, Sister Diane is is a widow, and so uh, th- this church, as far as I'm concerned, has a responsibility to be there for her and uh, support her, just like we did our, our missionary in Canada when her husband died. I, I, I was amazed at how many churches just dropped her that quick. To me, I, I don't want to get sidetracked. To me, that's wicked and it's wrong. And those churches are going to answer to God for not taking care of that widow. How in the world somebody could make a decision like that uh, when a, uh, somebody loses her husband? And so we, what do we do? We supported her. We need to support them either until they pass away or until somehow they, they're supplied with some other means of income. Or in her case, after a couple of years, she got married and she let us know she got married. We, so we supported her until we knew that she was taken care of. And you know what? That was the right thing to do. And so thank you, church, for doing the right thing by those. And so uh, uh, the mission the, 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 we have some widows here and, and, and those that are able to fortunately have the ability to take care of themselves. Amen. Well, we take care of them other ways by being an encouragement, praying for them. And those that can't, we want to we want to be there. That's the right thing to do. And uh, uh, to our young people, we want to know we want them to know that we care about them. Galatians 6.2 says, bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. It's the right thing to do to take care of those in our uh, local assembly that are in need. All believers are here to minister and encourage others. That's why we're here, others. Matthew 20, 28, my life verse, even as the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. He came to the earth for others. He established the church on earth for others and you remain on the earth for others. Listen, think about this. There's 7.9 million people, billion, billion people in the world and all of them are other except you. You're the only one that's not other to you. So I would say, you know, uh, that's a pretty uh, a good thing to think about. There are times when people truly need you. They need someone to pray with them, to help them, to be in the room with them, and to encourage them. Again, a lot of times people, especially in these days, a lot of people reach a stage and they they have dementia or they have Alzheimer's, and you say, again, oh, they don't, they won't even remember I was there. Remember this. They may not know you, remember you were there mentally, but again, they were there emotionally. When you go to visit people, man, try to touch their hand. Try to touch their shoulder. I mentioned before, Brother Thomas, how many times uh, he went with me to uh, visit Melvin when he was in the hospital and he was in that cage bed that they had him all zipped in because he rolled all the time. But uh, 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 as far as I know, every time I went there, I would unzip that thing and make sure that I touched Melvin's shoulder and made sure that I had some physical contact with Melvin, because even for that moment, he could tell the difference between somebody just doing their job, amen, and in a hand of somebody that cared about him, right? So make sure those things are important, and we have we have that 
uh, responsibility. Even the, the, the people that aren't able to make a church. Um, and I'm not saying this about us, but just, just before uh, I, I went down to, to Florida, it had been a, been a while since we'd seen some. So uh, me and my wife got some flowers and some fruit. And again, I'm not saying about this. I'm just using this as an example. And we went by and saw Sister Carpenter and Sister Barnett and, and uh, uh, Sister Clark and those, you see. And, and that wasn't me. That was the church right? That wasn't me doing it. We were representing the church. And so they knew, hey, the church is still thinking about me. The church still cares about me. And I tell you, uh, uh, brother, sister, uh, uh, Thomas, amen, do a great job. He's a deacon and he, he fulfills it that way. They're great at, at visiting people, but we all have that responsibility of care for one another. Every time somebody's got something, hey, uh, so-and-so just brought me a meal. So-so, you see, that's the right thing to do. We see that in the Word of God. And so uh, thankful for a church that tries to do the right thing. Listen, uh, the, everybody needs somebody. And so we need to say in our heart, hey, I, I want a purpose to be that someone. I want a purpose to be, I want to be, in my own life, I say, listen, if nobody else if 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 somebody if if if, if nobody, nobody thinks that they can call anybody else, I want people to know that whoever they are, if they know me, I want them to know that no matter where they are, no matter what's going in their life, they can call me or they can come by my house. Amen. I want to be that someone is a believer, and we should all think that way as believers. So we see uh, the speech test. Uh, we saw the service test. If you let's finish up here with the spot test. We get it. We're challenged here again. Pure religion, and notice the word undefiled before God and the Father is this. To what? Again, visit the fatherless and widow in their affliction. And what else? To keep himself unspotted from the world. So in these two verses, we have challenge, amen, in our lips and in our life, amen, uh, to do things right. Undefiled, that means sincere, unpolluted, unspotted in our moral conduct, right? Our, our goal is not to just to live better than the world. Our goal is to live different than the world, different from the world. Listen, don't let the devil find a spot to slip in. Whether it's by lip or life, don't let the devil find a spot to slip in. Don't let your Christian character become questionable. Colossians 3.13, talking about, again, how we're supposed to treat one another, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Listen, we're a family. Listen, if you're going to have issues with your, your you know, family family, right? How much more with uh, your extended family, your of course. But the thing is, is amen, uh, acknowledge it and, and, and turn it over to the Lord and keep focused on what's important and moving forward. Forbearing one another. You know what that word forbear means? to put up with one another and to hold up one another. That's our job. Our job is to put up with one another and 
hold up one another. Amen. And so uh, uh, I remember it ain't always easy, right? I'm sure I'm not always uh, uh, easy to get uh, get along with, too. You know, it, it seems like, you know, if you're the type of person, well, I'm always getting up on the wrong side of bed. Well, you know what? Push that side of bed up against the wall so there's only one side to get up on. That might make it easier for you. Amen. Just push that side up against the wall. Then you only you can only get up on the right side of the bed. Amen. All right. But listen, forbearing one another, that's our job. Put up with one another because we all have our, our little whatever, you know, and, and uh, don't throw anything. I mean, I'm a Yankee. Amen. Not, not ashamed of that. Somebody got to get a witness. Amen. And uh, y'all rebels down here. Right. Hey, listen, but God's put us in church together. And so we got to put up with one another. Right. And hold up one another. And that's what we want to do. I'm willing to put up with you if you'll be willing to put up with me. And let's hold each other up, amen. And let's hold up the name of Christ together that he gets the glory. Matthew 7, 17 says, Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. That's what I want to do. That's what we want to do. Whereby by their fruit ye shall know them. The fruit of their lips and the fruit of their life ye shall know them. Again, because what? We, Christians, we get accused, falsely accused all the time. Christians are accused of thinking they are better than any others. Don't be afraid to stand up for that. Oh, you Christians say no. Uh-uh. Because I've heard people say, well, I know Christians at this and I know Christians at that. You know what I hear when, I, when I, somebody says that? I say, no, you don't. You don't know Christians to do that. Somebody might seem to be religious. They might call themselves a Christian. But if somebody's doing that, they're not a Christian. And so you don't know any Christians because if they were a real Christian, they wouldn't be doing that. So you see, because I have never known a serious Christian who thought he or she was better than others who are not a Christian. Listen, uh, thank God you've been saved. You've been saved 20, 30, 40. Thank God. But let me break the news. You're in yourself. In myself, I'm just as sorry as the lowliest guy on the street out there tonight. And the only reason I'm standing here and not there is simply the mercy and grace of God in my life, in my life and in your life. But when people are serious about Christ, amen, they want to talk right, walk right, and live right and be a, a, a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And they don't think they're better than anybody else. As the saying goes, there go I, but for the grace of God. Even Paul himself said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And that's what we all should say. If you, if, if you, if you say, and, and you, you, man, you look down on anybody, boy, I pray that God will just smite your heart. Right there, if you dare ever look down on anybody. You see, how, how does Christ want the believer and the church to be? It says this in Ephesians 5, 27. Now, we know it talks about how to love your wives, how he died for the church. But it says this in Ephesians 5, 20. Why? That he might present it to himself a glorious church. Well, if the church is going to be glorious, do you know what that means? That means... I have to be glorious. That means you and you and you have to be glorious. Having, not having spot or wrinkle. You're not allowed to have spot or wrinkles. I'm trying to get rid of them. That's not what he's talking about. <laughs> Amen. I know we're trying to get rid of those wrinkles, but that's not what he's talking about or any such thing. But that should be holy and without blemish. Well, if he's talking about the church, that's you. That's me. So as we finish up here, a pure religion or Christian life 
has these characteristics based upon these verses. What do we see? A true Christian in a true Christian life has a, is, is a life of self-control. A life of self-control. Now, we mean that being controlled by the Spirit. That means a bridled tongue and a bridled attitude. Has a love for, a sincere love for others and lives or desires a clean life. Amen? So we, wanna, we, wanna, we, want, we want our, our lips to be right. We want our love to be right, and we want our life to be right. That is what the Word of God teaches us. We should understand our goal is not to seem religious, but to be a genuine Christian. We want the world to know that in 2022, there are still genuine Christians, amen, in this world. Ask the Holy Spirit to deal with anything that needs to be cleansed or corrected in your life. Realize that the way you behave, the way you speak, and what you choose for yourself shows if you are living a genuine Christian life or someone just that seems to be religious. Rely on the Holy Spirit to enable you, that's the only way we can do it, to live a life that is clearly identified with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to be clearly identified with the Lord Jesus Christ, not just in lip service, but in true service. Amen. With my lips and my love and my life. Amen. I want people to be able to say, amen. He's not perfect, but to the, by the grace of God, he's trying to make, you know, like I said, we may not be there yet, but we want people to know we're heading in the right direction. Amen. To be a genuine Christian and a genuine Amen. Witness for the Lord Jesus Christ, not someone, amen, who just seems to be religious, but is. Amen. Their life backs it up. And through that, Jesus Christ gets the honor and glory and praise that he's worthy of and deserves in and through our life. Let's pray.